What I wasn't prepared for, you know, moving beyond a manager role and into a director and ultimately a VP role is just the amount of pressure increases. And so one of the things I talk with my team about and, you know, leaders that I'm developing and then are moving into their first VP roles is that just as important as it is to develop those skills that you have around pipeline management or coaching or deal support, to be able to build those mental resiliency skills early because you definitely will need them when you get to be more of a senior leader within your organization. This is Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast, here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing, stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your potential, then this show is for you. I'm Sheena Badani. And I'm Devin Reed, coming to you from the Gong Studios. There's a much larger conversation around mental health in the workplace now than there has ever been before. In many cases, it's becoming less and less stigmatized to talk about with your colleagues, but even more so, it's becoming standard that companies provide mental health benefits and resources. This is especially prevalent for sales teams because, let's be honest, sales is a high-stress role. We're thrilled to have Hannah Wilson join us from Modern Health, where she's the SVP of their sales org. Modern Health has created a platform that helps companies destigmatize mental health care, break down barriers to access, and give everyone the tools they need to get clinical support. Hannah has an incredible two-fold perspective to share with us, first, on the landscape of mental health resources, and second, her own perspective on fostering mental health awareness to support her own sales team. You'll learn how both you and your organization can better support your team's mental health needs. Hannah, we are so thrilled to have you here on Reveal and talk a little bit more about your professional journey and some of the things that you're focused on at Modern Health. Uh, But before we get into that, I'm really curious to hear about your passion for mental health and what drove you to join Modern Health in the first place. So I think, you know, definitely like most people I've I've had, you know, I've, I've seen different people in my family have mental health challenges. I've had friends have mental health challenges. It's one of those areas that I think every single person has either experienced it themselves or has known someone fairly close to them that has had mental health challenges. And so that was one of the reasons. But then more than that, even in a professional setting, and especially being a sales leader, you know, and managing large teams, I'd seen various folks on my teams over the years struggle. And I really found myself in a place where I didn't know how to help them and I didn't have the resources at my employer to help them either. And so I had been in the benefit space for a long time and decided to get back into it with modern health because of some of those reasons and because of some of the challenges that I was seeing on the on the teams that I had managed. Yeah, it's such a timely time in our lives and in the world right now to be able to provide an impact for folks who are maybe struggling with mental health issues. And I think particularly in the sales profession, it's, it's infamous for being mentally trying and taxing. In your experience, how does mental health impact those who have chosen a career in sales? One, no one is immune from, from having mental health challenges. So I think it probably impacts people across any profession and, and across any line of work. I think there is something unique in the sales profession in that we are held very accountable to you know, high standards. Our performance is incredibly transparent across our organizations, across our teams. And there's sort of this paradox where it's like, 
there is so much transparency and there is more pressure. And yet you have to have good mental health to be effective from a sales perspective. You know, you have to be able to go into conversations with confidence and to be able to take a lot of no's and things like that. And so there's sort of this paradox where it's like you, it is harder on your mental health because the, the goals are often so high. But at the same time, like you really do have to take care of your mental health. And so that's one of the things that I think about a lot and why it's particularly important for sales professionals to focus on their mental well-being. I was in sales for about six years, uh, Hannah, before before this interview, a few few years back. So I have a soft spot for this topic because I didn't really know what mental health was. I just felt stressed all the time. Right. And I then you become to think that that's normal. And sometimes other that that stress, you know, it, it goes up and down, as we all know, the roller coaster. But it can start to take shape in other ways that you don't realize where it's stemming from. And so I could go on and on about mine, but I'm curious for for you, like as a leader, how are you spotting some of those things? Like what are the most common mental health hurdles that you've seen on your team? Maybe that's from reps. Maybe that's from the leaders that report to you as well. In terms of the challenges, I mean, I think it's the biggest thing is that it it's changes so much across individuals. So I think the biggest thing that leaders need to do, and this might sound really obvious, is just really get to know the people that you work with really well so that if you do see subtle changes that you can be there to offer a space to support them and you know help them direct them to resources that could be beneficial. But it's a small thing, but in this virtual world, I think it can sometimes be harder. And I know I've even fallen into this trap myself where, you know, sales is very much about hitting numbers and production. And that's why we're all here. And so it's easy to get into this rhythm of like, you know, where is this deal or where is this opportunity? And really being able to take a step back and making sure that in this virtual world where you're not having these one-off coffee chats or going for a walk around the block that you really can get to know the people that you work with to be able to spot those things because everyone is so different and your mental health is so dynamic. It changes from day to day. So unless you have those really good relationships, you're not going to be able to, to spot those things and support people in the way that's needed. Yeah, that, that's one of the things I've learned uh, as well, quickly in leadership role, which is everyone responds to things differently. People show their emotions differently, some, some not at all. And I think sometimes spotting it is like, oh, Sheena is very clearly kind of struggling or like you can see maybe like body language, never Sheena, by the way, I'm just using her as an example, but body language and, and you know, the way they respond to questions, maybe shorter. That's kind of sometimes maybe almost too late or you're kind of deeper in that spiral, right? And you're just catching wind of it, but you're in, you know, you're in a later stage of kind of like maybe some mental health challenges. I'm curious, Hannah, do you have maybe a couple examples, obviously you don't need to share names, but of like things that you've spotted, you know, little, little triggers, or maybe little things that you've said, Hey, maybe there's something going on here. And, and that kind of brought awareness to you as a leader. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, I can talk about some of my personal challenges as well. I think might, might be interesting. I mean, one of the things I think is, is interesting about mental health and sales is that it seems like when you're an account executive and you're responsible for a number, the this pressure on you is very high. You know, you are totally responsible for hitting that number. There's a lot of visibility into that. You might just show that stress in different ways. Some people are better at, you know, hiding it for longer periods of time and things like that. And then I've oftentimes heard they're sort of, you know, when people move into their first management role, it feels like, well, maybe some of the pressure is going to be taken off because I'm going to have more people that report to me. The numbers spread across more people. And I think in some ways that actually is true. 
what I wasn't prepared for, you know, moving beyond a manager role and into a director and ultimately a VP role is just the amount of pressure increases. And so one of the things I talk with my team about and, you know, leaders that I'm developing and then are moving into their first VP roles is that just as important as it is to develop those skills that you have around pipeline management or coaching or deal support, to be able to build those mental resiliency skills early because you definitely will need them when you get to be more of a senior leader within your organization. And that was something that I was very unprepared for moving into a a VP role and something that took me a long time to figure out. And I think there's also this pressure, especially when you move into a VP role. And, you know, I kind of felt this, I I feel even more as a, a woman moving into a VP role that I really couldn't be vocal about those things. And so really had to like hide that and keep it in, like have it all together. You know, I have the numbers down, I'm hitting my goal until like, you know, basically I had to hit a breaking point. And so that's something that, you know, sometimes going, I guess, going back to your question about what are those small things, sometimes you can't even pick up on those small things because, you know, in a sales role that people just feel like they constantly have to present their best self. Thanks so much for being open with that, Hannah. I think a lot of people can really resonate with what you just mentioned and what you talked about. So, you know, I definitely can. I want to dig a little bit deeper in what you talked about in terms of like developing that skill of, uh, I forgot how you phrased it, like mental, you know, mental agility or just being able to focus on that as much as any other deal skill. Are there certain tips that you have or things that people can do to really become more and more aware of their own state before they can even start to help others on their team? Yeah, I mean, I have tons of tips and I'm sure you can just do, you know, you can go online and you can find lots of different things. I think the challenge is, is that what works for me probably isn't going to work for someone else. You know, everyone has their own life experiences that they they need to, um, you know, work through. Some people have different challenges than others. And so for me, I mean, I can share some of the things that I do that tend to work for me. You know, definitely mindfulness is one of them and meditation. I'm a working mom. I don't have a ton of time to meditate, but I do kind of block in like 10 minutes before I get out of bed in the morning to to quickly meditate. And that seems to really reset me for the day. I also try and find just very quick things I can do. So for example, you know, seeing sunlight, getting fresh air is really important, getting exercise, I always block 20 minutes on my calendar every afternoon to just do a quick run around my neighborhood. I might come back to to the afternoon calls a a little sweaty, but I think that that's just really important for me to like run up a couple hills, get some of that energy out. I see a, a professional coach twice a month and that's really helpful. So I think the hard part is, is that you really have to find what's right for you. And oftentimes when you find something that's right, you know, your your life might change next month and, and what works this month isn't going to work next month. So I would just encourage everyone, like, we're not perfect. Keep trying things. And they don't have to be huge changes where you shift your whole schedule. They can be really tiny things that you fit into your daily workflow. You've uh, given me confidence to get back on a Zoom call having gone for that run because I get really red when I run, like redder than my beard. And so I've always like been a little self-conscious about like, is Devin okay? It's only four o'clock. But I like that a lot. And I've, I've done walks, you know, try to do walk and talks or get outside for some of the same things. And I found too, Hannah, is like when you're, it's kind of hard, I think, especially in sales, like to stop working, you know, like working, like I'm not looking at my laptop, I'm not on a phone call, but to kind of get that confidence of like, no, when I'm on that run, I'm more effective when I come back. When I take that 10, 15 minute walk and I'm doing air quoting nothing, 
that's actually sometimes where things click by not thinking about a deal. You're like, oh, wait, that's what I should do. Or that's what I could have said better. Here's how I can get my leader involved. And so it's good to hear from you. Like it's not an isolated mindset where it's like, it's actually good to kind of get out and play. And like you said, release some of that energy and, and let yourself be your, your truly best self. And I think leaders, I mean, it's really incumbent on leaders to be able to model that for their teams and be open about it. And so, you know, some leaders, it's maybe taking more vacation time. Some leaders, it's taking more small breaks during the day, but being very vocal about that with your teams so that they feel the permission to do those things as well. Mental health has definitely become more and more of a hot topic or a critical topic these days. How have you seen mental health conversations change over the last few years? One thing that's interesting is that the stigma has, has really gone down. I don't think everywhere, but certainly if you think about tech sales, for example, like, it, you know, and this is going back even before the pandemic. And part of the reason that led me to modern health, as I was explaining, is people in my team coming to me and sharing, you know, very personal mental health challenges with me and not knowing how to respond to those types of things. So I think actually what I've seen at modern health and talking to lots of HR and, and people leaders is that this is something that they're hearing from managers more often is that more and more employees, as the stigma goes down, more of the burden kind of goes up for managers to be able to, you know, work with their employees on these things. And I found myself in some situations trying to be a therapist. And I would say that is not the right approach. You know, the right approach is to create space, to be supportive, to listen to people, and then to guide them to the right resources. It's not your responsibility as a sales leader to, to solve everyone's individual challenges. I see my responsibility as a sales leader to set a level playing field to everyone, to build a winning culture, to you know put the processes and infrastructure in place to make a successful team. The world has definitely changed. People are, because the stigma is going down, more responsibility is falling on managers' shoulders. And more people are actually wanting mental health support via their employers. You can't get high quality mental health support, unfortunately, today through a traditional health plan or through you know, EAPs, which were sort of the first generation of behavioral health support. But we've done recent studies with Forrester looking at how many people actually want mental health solutions through their employer. And it's going up and people are expecting this in the same way that they expect access to physical health care benefits. According to a recent survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation, nearly 40% of employers have expanded mental health benefits since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether that means they expanded insurance coverage, provided employee assistance programs, or partnered with companies like Modern Health. Obviously, working from home has taken a toll on our workforce. Even two years in, a lot of us are still facing isolation at home or major distractions and life cycle adjustments, all while trying to stay on top of our work. And companies being held responsible for mental health benefits is not just a fleeting trend. It's now becoming a big factor for your prospective employees. 76% of workers say they consider mental health benefits as critical when evaluating new jobs. Here's more from Hannah on the reasons why companies are being held accountable for these resources and benefits. A lot of mental like health challenges sometimes stem from work. So it's kind of like if my career is causing it, shouldn't my career kind of help me with some of those things? That's a really good point. And it's something that I think there's been a, a change across the past five years where mental health care used to be, I want to see a therapist because I'm having some clinical need. Whereas mental health care now, the, the definition is just so much broader. 
And yes, you're right. You might be having challenges because you're having a difficult conversation with your manager, you're struggling with your work performance, and that can lead to mental health challenges. Or you're having financial challenges, and that leads to mental health challenges or relationship challenges. So the definition has just broadened significantly. So you talked a bit about some of the things that, that you do personally, Hannah, and uh, and I'm glad the conversation is definitely, I would say, started. It's getting some steam, but it's not, unfortunately, like not all sales teams everywhere are like, yes, this is happening in our organization. But I know a lot of leaders, you know, there might be, you know, call it a dozen sales leaders in, or, in this one organization. One or two might really agree with a lot of things that we're talking about, want to make that change. But there's a lot of folks who don't value that or don't see it the same way. What are some of the things that they can do in their organization to destigmatize mental health? I would say one thing you can do is, you know, talk to your HR and people leaders about what you're seeing in your organization. And my guess is when you go and talk to them, you'll you'll hear that they're hearing it more broadly across the organization. Whether you're on a product team or a tech team, I'm sure there's those leaders are going to their their people partners as well and talking about this. So I would say start a conversation about what you're hearing it. And sales, you know, we do have a lot of, I guess you could say power within an organization because of the revenue associated with it. And so even on the teams that I had managed in the past where, you know, and currently even, you know, men, modern health employees obviously aren't immune to mental health challenges either. I mean, there is a real revenue impact and there's been studies that show there's greater attrition and productivity loss. And in sales, like those things are very, very easy to quantify because, you know, it's based on a quota and it's based on a number. And so I would say sales leaders have a really good opportunity to drive change across their organization, because when you start talking about the financial impact of mental health challenges, you know, it it might pique the interest of others. I would be curious, Hannah, you've worked at a, a lot of organizations, and now you're at an organization that obviously values mental health and provides you know, resources for mental health. What are some of the things that you can see are like so clear, like, wow, this, you know, the team I lead today is, is so much, I don't, I don't want to say better to make you sound like you're bragging, but you know what I mean? Like healthier in some ways, or maybe there's problems that you're used to that have been alleviated because some of these changes in point of view. One thing that's interesting about working for a mental health company is that the stigma really is gone. People talk very openly about mental health days. People talk very openly about, you know, needing time to recharge and people will take time to see a coach or see a therapist. And so I think that is created a healthy culture for us and that we have those conversations internally. Obviously, we're not immune to mental health challenges, especially working for a, a very high growth startup with, with a really big mission and lots of people that need mental health support in the world changing every day. But I think just having that language and having that conversation has been really beneficial. I feel like hiring for you is, I don't want to say easy, hiring is not easy for anybody not to do it well, but I imagine it is clearer for you who is really here for the mission versus who just wants a sales job, right? I have to imagine it's a pretty, forgive the kind of jargon, but like a mission-led company because you're not really passionate about this. I don't know why you'd want to work there. Yeah, you're right. We've recruited some really, really exceptional talent at Modern Health. And I think part of that is it is a unique opportunity to work for a very high growth, fast-paced company, all of the things that come with that, but also having a very strong mission and and being focused on being able to provide high quality mental health care to thousands of people around the world. All right, Hannah, we're going to move into our final question. We ask all of our guests the same question to end the conversation, which is how would you describe sales in one word? Determination. Sales is not an easy profession. It's a great profession, but it's also a very hard profession that takes a lot of work. 
And it takes a lot of determination to get to the outcomes that you're looking for. For more resources on how you can support your sales team in every way, head over to gong.io. If you like what you heard, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 